You have shops that are for tourists and you have shops that are for locals. And in the end, it shouldn't be like that. Like a city should be built in a way that it has facilities that are basically able to be used by locals, by visitors. And this balance in the end was what was missing the most. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Low Season, a podcast about tour guides, tourism, and the future of travel. I'm Wouter Bernhardt, a tour guide from Berlin, and currently engaging how my fellow travelers are navigating the pandemic. This is for now the final week of episodes. The future of the low season is still uncertain as I'm trying to find new ways to stay engaged in our tourism sector and reinvent the podcast as it stands right now. And I've got a great guest lined up today from my hometown of Amsterdam. I think everybody is like organizing barbecues. So the whole thing about the, the Dutch period in relation to the sun is out today. Anushka Trauschke is Dutch and has been involved in the tourism industry for around seven years now. She studied development studies, worked for several NGOs and governmental organizations, and has been hammering on the road, as the Dutch would say, to construct a more healthy and sustainable tourism industry. There are some great ideas we're going to be talking about, with Anushka really broadening our ideas what tourism can be. She is a torrent of positive energy, so here we go. Yeah, because tell me, tell me a little bit. You were you were not in Amsterdam for quite a while. Yeah, no, I left. Um, yeah, because I I have a business in uh, in Amsterdam, tours that matter, and um, but I wasn't kind of I was feeling like the business, but I wasn't feeling the the atmosphere in in Amsterdam a while ago because like yeah, everything was getting very expensive. Uh, it was very crowded. I had the feeling everybody was living very much individualistic lives and. That's why I decided to go to Spain and uh, and to see also if we could expand the business to to Barcelona because Amsterdam and Barcelona were kind of dealing with similar problems towards over tourism and uh, yeah kind of when I got to Barcelona I was doing some research making some connections I also had a freelance uh, project that was nice about sustainable tourism and then everything shut down so I was there in total five months two months outside three months inside so it didn't go exactly how I expected Wow. Uh, did, did, was it all right? Like, how, did you manage? Like, um, I can imagine it was not according to plan. And then you have to stay inside in a country that you're maybe not that familiar with. It must be weird. Yeah. Yeah. I think like probably everybody, I really had like my ups and downs, uh, which I already normally have in my life. But the quarantine kind of emphasizes everything that you're going through. I think all the positive things, but also all the negative things. I think uh one of the lowest points I remember was like celebrating King's Day on my balcony, alone, drunk, <laughs> where I was like, did I turn out to be a person like this? Which was a bit disappointing. But then also thinking about the fact that basically the rest of the Netherlands was doing the same thing because they were also not allowed to, to go on the streets. And Tell, uh, me, tell me a little bit for, for people who, who have no idea what, what you're talking about. King's Day, what, what is that all about? Yeah, so King's Day is, is one of the biggest street events that we have in the Netherlands. So we, we do celebrate the birthday of the king. Although I don't know if everybody has that in their minds towards the whole day because the goal is just to dress up as orange as uh, as you can and basically to go to as many places to to celebrate and uh, yeah to one of the only days probably that people are very proud of their Dutchness so it's it's a big event. 
Uh, you were talking a little bit about your business, Tours That Matter. Maybe you could talk a bit about why you came up with that that model and, and what kind of tours you actually do. Yeah, so this was already like far before the the, the quarantine and it it came a little bit like the last years I've worked in the in, in the free tours in Amsterdam and um tours became something negative, which was, of course, very difficult because I always loved to do my job because I was always very convinced that we were also doing something good. And and the more and more it became an industry that we kind of had to be a little bit invisible to kind of do our jobs, and which just felt wrong. And I didn't really know at the moment, like, how to deal with it. And at one point I was just like, okay, pfft. For me, Amsterdam right now, like, I don't want to be in the tourism right now. And I left, I, I bought a camper, I went to do like uh, some work with uh, with some tourism towards the Balkans. And there I found again, like the whole positivity that that I realized, like, tourism is, is something great. Like, it can bring connection, you can talk about subjects that matter. And yeah, everything like that I believed in was back. So when I came back to Amsterdam, I was like, okay, we just have to show the people and we have to be able to like change the type of tourism that we're offering and that's um why yeah so i was working on a platform and uh, two of the uh, guides that i met that i'm working with right now they were developing tours they were developing tours in a very different way that i loved they were basically going to neighborhoods uh talking with the people getting the stories from the neighborhoods finding initiatives that needed support and basically constructing tours from the bottom up so really revealing like the stories of the of the of the neighborhoods and also planting some seeds of of change within the tours and uh, from there we decided to uh, to start a new tour business with the whole idea to kind of show the world what tours can be which we weren't in yet exactly able to do because before the the launch uh, Corona happened, but um, but yeah, that was the whole idea of, of tours that matter. We we call it positive impact tours, in which we uh, try to make a change by talking about topics that matter and also give back to all the places that we visit. So it's a little bit the type of tours that we feel we want to be able to say, we can promote this, we can make this grow. We don't have to be invisible because we know that what we are doing is, is doing something good to the city as well. Now, I, I really want to talk about that um, and, and, and expand a bit about your ideas to, to change tourism and what tours can be. But before we do, maybe we can talk a little bit about some of the issues that our industry is facing and maybe specifically related to Amsterdam. You were saying um, you were doing tours, uh, these free tours, and you, you were feeling um, you had to be a bit in, invisible. What, what do you mean with that exactly? Yeah, the, I think... Because, of course, the, the tourism in Amsterdam and I think in Barcelona, in Venice, in, in many cities, it was at one point too much. And at that point, I understand that for residents, for, for governmental organizations, they're trying to look at the things like what could be the different problems that are causing this like, yeah, how did you say, overlost, like, yeah, noise of, of tourism. And tourists are, of course, a very visible thing. Or at least people think that that's what a tour is. And, and it became like a, a tour became a group of people on the street. And that in general, people thought about as a as a negative thing. Um, and, and therefore came this this like we had to deal with a lot of different type of regulations. 
um, yeah, we had to limit the amount of people, but then the, the total amount of people in Amsterdam was not limited. It was just the tours. So in the end, I wasn't feeling at all that that was contributing either to the idea, but we got a bit stuck in a, in a negative spiral, in a negative spiral of conversations with the public uh, sector, negative spiral with the neighbors, because we were constantly talking very superficial about problems and about negative aspects. And that was something that was just not getting us anywhere. And that's the only reason why I'm kind of thankful for this break right now and this ability to breathe and to change the conversations to be something positive and focused on what we do want to do instead of focusing on what we don't want to do. Was it was it too busy in Amsterdam? It was at certain points, like it, 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 and and that is a little bit where where I do at the moment. What I'm trying is, of course, with with our business, we're trying to show examples of of how you could do tours in a positive way. But then at the same time, like uh, as, as a freelancer, it, I, I love it to work with, with big organizations, how to make small changes. Because if there is something that, that I do think the industry in Amsterdam could have done is diversify. Because in the end, we're all, we were basically all offering a little bit the same type of products in the same type of area. And that just causes that, you know, I think in terms of the amount of visitors, it was a bit too much. But if everybody would spread out a little bit more and also do activities that are not only for tourists, because tourism is not something in my eyes that you could see that should contribute to polarization, which in the end it did a little bit because it became like you have shops that are for tourists and you have shops that are for locals. And in the end, it shouldn't be like that. Like a city should be built in a way that it has facilities that are basically able to be used by locals, by visitors. And this balance in the end was what was missing the most. So I think it wasn't so much the numbers. It was more the balance what what about what the tourists want like what if the tourists just want the very basic sort of inner city red light district um sort of walk around the canals go buy some weed you know if that's what what the people want should we not just cater to that yeah it's very nice that you say that because uh last week oh, i would tell you later about the festival but we had a uh, one of the persons that was very much involved was um, the entrepreneur because in Amsterdam we had at one point a boom of like we called them the Nutella shops which were basically selling chocolate and things like that and uh, and he was very open to talk with us because at the moment of course they don't have any business either because they were very much focused on on tourism so they kind of wanted to know how they could change their models and things like that but um, but already the fact that these people were super open for for conversations for me was amazing right now to see what uh, what we could talk about. But he was saying as well, like, OK, we just cater for what the tourists in the end want. But the tourists and, and, and that's why I feel we can take the responsibility. Like in the end, they also only take like if they have a list of things. Uh, what they see, which are all kind of the same, what they can choose from. Like, we also need to be able to offer them different things for them to be able to choose different. So it's also a little bit of a, of a balance. Yeah, no, I, th I think, I think you're right. I think, but I, I, what I'm, I think, interested in is w how you, I, I, I guess this sort of, no, how, how do I say this? I'm trying to figure out where these ideas come from. You know, when when somebody chooses to go to Amsterdam, where do they get the idea to go to the Van Gogh Museum or to a Leidseplein or to a Central Station? You know, is that is that something that is already 
uh, planted in their mind at home where people are catering to this sort of cliche of Amsterdam. And if that's the case, then what can we as tour guides or as local organizations within these city do to 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 change the, these cliches or change their appetite for for other places? Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it, it's, of course, it, it goes towards, like, it's super holistic because, like, first of all, the city strategy of Amsterdam has been for about 10 years. Let's focus on getting people here because of the red light district and because of drugs. Like, you don't change that in a day because that has been literally the message that we've been putting out there towards the world. So we cannot blame people that they're coming for that reason either because now since two years we want to... We want to change. And then again, it's it's up to the smallest details. Like any map that you would take of Amsterdam, um, you would see basically already maybe a quarter of the city in the map. And then the places that are highlighted, like the streets where you should go, are all like within maybe two square meter, two square kilometer or something like that. So I think it's everything that is basically appointing people towards to stay inside the center. And if we change all of that, like, first of all, the whole strategy to be open towards activities, which you can do everywhere, but as well as like, yeah, things as maps, things as the companies, like if you work together to make it a little bit visible that Amsterdam is much more, but it just needs to to be working together to like, okay, what could, for example, tour guides do to help us with this new strategy to spread the tourists? Not like, let's cut the tourists because you're the problem. Like, I, I think it's just a very different approach of including everybody. And that is uh, like our new project, what we decided because in terms of the tourist behavior, the uh, the city right now said like, okay, we basically only want tourists that spend money. But like in 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 practice, you would think like we're going to have a person standing at Schiphol saying like, okay, you can enter, you can't. Like those things I think are impossible. But in the end, what we can try to do is to be super inclusive and to be also towards the people that want to visit the red light, that want to go to the coffee shops. Actually include those coffee shops, include the sex workers, include the places in the red light and be like, how can we also make these tourists still do what they want to do, but also contribute? So that is the approach what we're having right now. And uh, and we started a, a project called uh, the Happy Tourist in um, in which we're basically making like little challenges. And uh, yeah, so for example, these Nutella shops, but also the coffee shops, they're all participating. And uh, with those profits, we're basically financing neighborhood projects. And that also makes the residents see like, okay, so actually these shops and these places are contributing to projects in our neighborhood. So with that, you can make a whole circle of going around of not really trying to limit the tourists or stop them from coming, but just change their behavior in the city, which I find much more interesting. What what about the residents themselves? How have they been sort of uh, recipient to your to your ideas? Um, well, we, I, I think very positively because we've included them from the beginning in developing the tours. But this is, of course, the tours that we've developed are in neighborhoods that are not receiving that much tourists. So, um, so I think it, it was a little bit easier because they were not yet so negatively thinking about tourism and, and approaching them from the start to be like, hey, what's your story? Like People always love to talk about their story with their neighborhood, their relation, their history, what they've done. And to basically be able to shape a tour from those stories, um, they are very happy with. Um, plus, we are also passing by some initiatives that they have. But I do think even even in the city center, like we have doubted a long time about whether or not to offer a tour in the red light district. 
because this was, of course, one of the most bespoken neighborhoods. But it's also, it is the oldest neighborhood of Amsterdam. It's one of the most interesting places. So also there we uh, we opened up the conversation again. And, and I noticed a very difference than when we spoke before. We were asking people, um, because there was research done, we were literally asking people, like, what is your problem with the tours? Um, what are the things that are giving you the most, like, noises? And people already get into that negative vibe and they're like, oh, we don't want them and da, da, da. But right now we just approached them. We thought, like, okay, what would be things in this neighborhood that you would want to show to tourists? Where could be a safe space where they could stop? And, like, kind of from this sense, we started to develop the tours. And right now we have a red light distributor that, like the people that we spoke to, of course, you can never have the whole neighborhood, but they are happy with it that we do it in that way. Mm. Yeah, and I can imagine this. Um, can, can I ask you what? So what? What are the neighborhoods that you're you're talking about when you're visiting? Not the center, for example. Yeah. So right now, well, we have a, a tour in the Amsterdam North, so that's along around the NDSM Wharf, visiting a lot of art galleries and things like that. Then uh, we have a Two bicycle tours, one that goes like super to the north to the Twiska and one that goes to the east around the Flevo Park and visit some like community gardens over there. And then we have the Amsterdam uh, East that is around the Tsar Peterstraat, which is absolutely super, one of the most cozy streets that you have. And uh, yeah, and we have the Red Light District Tour at the moment. So it's, 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 it's not even that far from the city center. It's just a little bit, it's not even like that you say, like you have to go very uh, far. It's just more looking for a place related to a theme instead of a place related to only the sites that are in the neighborhood. I think that was the biggest change. What, what, do, you, what do you see as the, the role of the, of the tour guide uh, in the future? Like what, what kind of person or what kind of um, responsibility does your kind of tour guide have? Well, what, uh, what we were, we're still kind of investigating of what, what tours can be. And, and that was also why um, we decided to organize uh, this festival, the, the Reinvent Tourism Festival, because uh, I think we kind of were at the point where we were talking about themes that we thought that matter. We were connecting travelers more and we were feeling we were having the right direction, but it was still a little bit like we get together with a group of people, we do a tour. So still very much like the traditional model. And the whole uh, Corona time kind of changed that because this was the first time that we couldn't be a group of people. So we had to reinvent. And that's what we tried to do with the festival, to ask ourselves the questions, what can a tour be right now during Corona? And what could a tour be after that to, to add more value? And we kind of started to take apart like pieces of the tour to figure out which could be parts that you could actually do virtual, which could be parts that you could actually let people do independently, which are parts that are necessary to be in a group, because like, of course, that also still has a, a big value. And, uh, and during the festival together with uh, a lot of other uh, tour companies in Amsterdam, we hosted streams of, of a new concept that is called Walks and Talks. And with that, we had like uh, in the morning uh, tour guides, basically on all different type of area and topics, taking you on a little walk throughout the neighborhood, introducing you to places, showing you sites, knowing the stories behind it, introducing you to the neighbors where normally you would never be able to get inside, basically showing you that it, that guiding could be a key to enter all of these like amazing places and stories that normally you wouldn't have access to. 
And then we took the part of discussing more the history and discussing more the background behind it to Zoom in the night. And we saw that that was already also because you were able, like one of the biggest examples that, uh, that for me really almost made me cry was we had a girl from a company called Black Heritage Tours and she was doing a Zoom meeting and basically at the same time she had her professor that taught her everything, her mother, that was her inspiration source. And it was such like, it was like, you still call it a tour, but it was like amazing that it happened virtually because normally you would never be able to get actually those people out there and share their opinions. And that's when I thought like, hmm, okay, so actually some of these parts do even have more benefits right now that it's that it's uh, happening virtually. So uh, the only thing that, that right now I'm at the stage is just to shake up a little bit the model and show people that there are many different ways of doing a tour, of looking at a tour, and that's, yeah, and of creating value to, uh, to the city. Well, Anushka, I, I think that sounds amazing. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. No, thank you so much for, uh, for having me. That was Anushka Trauske from sunny Amsterdam. Very inspiring conversation with somebody that clearly looks beyond the traditional model of tours and tour guiding. These ideas might not yet be fully adaptable on a mass scale, but being the tourism avant-garde, Anushka is presenting alternative ideas to broaden our minds. Anushka has a couple of initiatives that I want you to have a look at. The first is a tour company she set up with two other people called Tours That Matter. They offer walking tours in and around Amsterdam that create a positive impact and support local initiatives. They offer tours on colonialism, gentrification, empowerment in the red light district and migration in Amsterdam East. The second project I've linked to in the show notes is the reInvent Tourism Festival that was kickstarted during the Corona times and has been serving as a platform to rethink what tourism is and could be. And the last one I think is really cool. It's a project called The Happy Tourist and focuses mostly on what a traveler can do to minimize their potential negative impact on the places they visit. Three amazing initiatives that I think are worth your attention. So go and have a look in the notes for this episode. On Wednesday, we're back with Ken Walsh from Dublin. Here, a way has been found to remove all of the rights that workers have. And like Germany is like one of the best countries in the world for workers' rights. But by simply getting people to pretend to be freelance contractors, you're you're removing all the rights that they have. You can be fired at the drop of a hat. You know, you 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 don't get like the the holiday pay or the sick pay. In fact, you get in trouble if you get sick. You know, the low season is produced by me, Wouter Bernhardt. Music is by Mark Schilders. Artwork is by Cece White. Georgia Riungo and I will be happy tourists when all of this is over. Speak soon, my friends. And, and approaching them from the start to be like, hey, what's your story? Like People always love to talk about their story with their neighborhood, their relation, their history, what they've done. And to basically be able to shape a tour from those stories, um, they are very happy with.